Hi, I'm Denise Bailey. And I'm Dr. Monica Parker. And you're listening to My Parents Are Now My Kids, a medical doctor's view and daughter's journey through memory loss and other dementias. As a doctor, I'll help you navigate through the often confusing, confounding, and frequently frustrating technical aspects of dementia. And as a daughter, I'll share with you some things I've experienced caring for and loving my parents who both struggled with these disorders. We want you to have hope and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll tell you that sometimes that light is coming straight at you and you just have to get out of the way. Let's get started. Well, today we'd like to talk about mild cognitive impairment, but I would like to begin with a little story. Several years ago, uh, when I was on a job, I got a phone call from my mom. And uh, this was prior to her diagnosis. And she said she was out shopping, which was not unusual. But at the end of her shopping spree, she told me that she met this nice lady, very nice lady. And I was like, oh, okay. And so when she got home, I went by and she was telling me about this lady, but she was very secretive about it. So I said, no, you know, tell me more. Well, long story short, this lady approached her while she was shopping and said to her, hi, she didn't know her at all, befriended her, made nice with her and said, you know what? I have this business venture and I think you would be perfect for it. So this woman, convinced my mother to go to her bank, take out some money and meet her back. So my mother did that, met her back at the shopping location. And she said to my mother, okay, you stay right here. I'm going to go get our new business partner. And of course the woman never returned. She took out a substantial amount of money and we never saw it again. And so my poor mother was very embarrassed about it and almost angry at me for bringing it up and trying to protect her. So prior to her diagnosis of Alzheimer's, that happened. So that could be considered mild cognitive impairment in its early stages, couldn't it? I would say that your mother was guilty of not thinking clearly and making a good decision, okay? Is that mild cognitive impairment or not? And so I think that what would help, we, mild cognitive impairment is the deficit of at least one of six different brain domains or functions, okay? When you have deficits in two of these brain functions, we give you a diagnosis of dementia. When you have a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment, you have a deficit in one of the brain domains but it doesn't interfere with your ability to conduct your daily life, okay? So what are some of those domains? What are the domains that we're talking about? There are six brain functions that are associated with normal brain function, okay? We call these brain functions domains. So these domains include something called executive function. Another is language. A third is memory. A fourth is visual spatial, which is basically, you know, being able to orient yourself and where you are looking at something. Okay, one of them is um, 
social cognition, like um, like being able to adjust your behavior, recognizing spouses for spouses and not strangers, for example. Judgment is the other one. Judgment. Now, you say judgment. And that's why I thought, in my mother's case, it could be mild cognitive impairment because her judgment was askew. Okay, but when we have mild cognitive impairment, this is the difference between mild cognitive impairment and dementia. Mild cognitive impairment means you may have a deficit, but it does not interfere with daily living. Okay, what you've described is something that's disruptive, mm. right? Okay. okay, so having mild cognitive impairment doesn't necessarily mean that you can't function. You know, it depends upon what's causing the problem. You know, the whole thing with mild cognitive impairment, depending upon what the etiology is or why it's there, let's just say the mild cognitive impairment is due to some medication you're taking. When that medication, when you stop taking that medication, that effect will probably wear off. You'll probably think a little bit clearly and do things fine, okay? There will be mild cognitive impairment that's a result of, let's say, a trauma or a surgery, for example. You had a uh, tumor on your pituitary and there was some disruption there. That disruption is likely to be permanent, but because it's not necessarily associated with the Alzheimer's pathology, it may not progress to full-blown dementia. Okay, there is mild cognitive impairment that may be related to the early phase of, let's say, Alzheimer's disease or frontotemporal dementia, any other neurodegenerative process. Those processes get worse, okay? Some people who have mild cognitive impairment, again, that's deficit in only one of those brain functions or domains, but it does not, and this is key, does not interfere with your overall lifestyle and able ability to conduct your life okay. okay so what you just described with respect to your mother was obviously a deficit in judgment right right but there might be something else behind it because people who are thinking clearly wouldn't have done that right right, right. so there are ways that we measure that okay that would be something we call a sentinel event you know, my mother had a fire in her house. The whole backside of her house was on fire. She was in front of her house and didn't realize her house was on fire at all. It was the mailman coming down the street who saw the flames and saw the smoke and said, oh, that house is on fire. Right. But the person in the house couldn't smell anything, didn't recognize the smoke. That's what we call a sentinel event. Okay. Somebody's driving in their car and they drive from Atlanta and they run out of gas on the side of the road in Charlotte, North Carolina, and they say, I just couldn't get over. Nobody would let me over on 285. And it's like, you're in Charlotte. No, I'm on 285. Right. Okay. Those are what we call sentinel events. Those are usually events that make you look or blink a little bit and like well what was she thinking what was she doing those are events that are things that we all need to start paying attention to mm -hmm. that means we need to look a little bit more carefully at our loved one's behavior and start writing down what we see 
and then get to somebody who can help us interpret what we see. Like you just said, I just thought my mother had mild cognitive impairment. Right. Well, again, <laughs> okay. But what you need to do is get to somebody who can otherwise look at your mother's behaviors and conduct some screening assessments and implement some screening tools to see what might be going on. And then more importantly, do other tests that help you better define that. So when we think of mild cognitive impairment, remember it is a deficit in one brain function or domain, but it does not interfere with one's conduct of daily life, okay? When you have dementia, you have deficits in two or more domains. Got you. So if it is mild cognitive impairment, how do you diagnose? What are some of the processes to diagnose mild cognitive impairment? If, which in your definition is just one of those domains that they have a deficit in. Well, most people will have to go to their primary care doctor or their doctor get an assessment of let's say what are their medications are they taking a medication that may be causing them to think ir irregularly are they taking uh benzodiazepines uh psychotic medications pain pills anything that may cause them to be a little foggy brained are they drinking a lot of alcohol you know mixing it with regular medications so the place to start would be to go to your primary care physician and tell the doctor what you are seeing or what you're observing and let him or her employ some screens. Now, in my office, when we start to look at memory screens, for example, we'll do some screening tests to see how people are processing information. And if those screening tests are abnormal, as an example, we might do a clock drawing test draw a clock, put the numbers on the clock, tell us a time, can you do that? Okay, that's a, a, that's a screening tool. It's not a diagnostic tool, it's a screening tool. But if that is abnormal, I may do something else. So that may prompt me to do a little bit more. So I've looked at his or her medications. I'm going to check some of their laboratories, look at their electrolytes, look at their anemia profile to make sure that there's not something medical that may be causing that person to think irregularly. As a doctor, you're gonna do something to make sure that what you're observing is not related to medicine or some process, some biologic process or illness or physiologic, excuse me, process that can be fixed or reversed or managed. Like Alzheimer's and dementia, there are no drugs or treatments for your mild cognitive impairment, are there? No. No. It depends upon what is causing it. There are some things that might be reversible, which is why you have to go speak to your doctor and have your doctor take a good look at the medications and other things that might be contributing to that behavior, doing the appropriate laboratories. So sometimes when we're doing an evaluation for mild cognitive impairment or something else, in research, we're gonna do everything we do for a dementia workup. But in the normal course of things, in the average doctor's office, they're basically gonna look at all of their medications, look at their overall physical health and make sure that there is not something physiologic or related to their chronic diseases that is out of order. 
Got you. So as you always say, it's very important to get that assessment, um, be in touch with your primary care physician so that they can send you to the right person to get that assessment. Now, let me ask you this uh, last question. If you are diagnosed with MCI, do you get reevaluated if you are, have, are positive for one of the domains? Can you be reevaluated? Do you ever see instances where people are reevaluated and maybe it was something medical? And then upon reevaluation, they passed, so to speak. With the first evaluation, if you figured out that it's something medical and you've eliminated that, you come back to the doctor for follow-up and you may do another screening test to see if that's resolved. But um, if as a clinician, I'm doing more of a workup, like getting an MRI and looking at all that kind of stuff, that may be something that I do. But in general, when somebody has been assessed for something, you've come up with a diagnosis for it, you follow it up on a regular basis. So for example, if you had, I had seen your mother and I determined that your mother was taking Benadryl and drinking a cocktail with it, and you were gonna make sure that she no longer took any Benadryl and more importantly, didn't have a cocktail with it. After a couple of weeks, I might come back and reassess and redo that and see how things are doing. If we've decided that her diabetes or her sugar levels were out of control and they were at a toxic level such that we had to adjust her medicines, I would have her come back and check those sorts of things. If we were dehydrated, do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Those things would merit a more um, urgent reevaluation and reassessment. But if somebody had, let's say, mild cognitive impairment that didn't have a metabolic or illness cause, and it might have been something else, we would probably extend the evaluation. So if I've looked at all of her medicines, her medicines are fine, I've checked her labs and all that is fine, I may look at something else. And something else may mean we go to another level with respect to evaluation. And that would be something like a neuropsychologic test, you know, a pen and paper test with the neuropsychologist, clinical psychologist, okay? It may be also a brain MRI to look to see if we've had a bleed, a stroke, or something like that, okay? So there are next levels of evaluation, all right? Additional tools that you add. So if I've done a brain image and gotten an MRI and I see something abnormal, um, I may then refer that person to the neurologist with all the information that I've gathered to that point. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Monica. As usual, great information. Please follow us on Twitter, MPMK at MPMK Podcast. And on Facebook, my parents are now my kids. And on Instagram, my parents are now my kids. See you next time.